Welcome to the Pre-Vet Podcast. I'm Alex Avellino, your tour guide on the journey to becoming a veterinarian. Listen along as we provide you with tips, tricks, and tales on applying to veterinary school. Welcome back to the Pre-Vet Podcast. I'm Alex Avellino, and today we have Dr. Gatson, who is a clinical assistant professor in anesthesia and pain management. Welcome, Dr. Gatson. Hi, thanks for having me today. Dr. Gatson, can you tell us how you became a veterinarian? Where did you go to undergrad? What were your experiences like? Did you do an internship and a residency? What was your path? I got into undergrad at the University of Florida. Go Gators. Go Gators, yeah. And so... Uh, I wanted to study or I wanted to pick a major that would help me really um, kind of get the undergraduate requirements that I needed in order to go to veterinary school because I knew right off the bat when I went to, to college that I wanted to be a veterinarian. So that was like my ultimate goal. So um, I actually, this is going to be kind of a funny thing about my personality. Originally, I picked animal sciences to be my undergraduate major uh, because it was the most common major that I could find of people who were getting accepted into veterinary school, so I picked that. However, I realized really quickly that as part of the major, you had to take a public speaking course, and I, I was terrified of public speaking when I was in high school. So uh, hilarious enough, that's like what I do now. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> wait a second. So now did you change majors because I did. of that? I did. I completely changed majors because oh of that. Oh my, okay. That is ironic because now yeah. look at what you're doing. Okay. I know. It's really funny. Okay. So what did you switch to? So I switched to zoology actually. Okay. And uh, I'm actually even uh, in hindsight, I'm really glad that I picked that major. It allowed me to take some classes that I probably wouldn't have picked originally And even though they're not necessarily applicable to what I'm doing now, uh, I think it really helped me to become a more um, well-rounded scientist. Okay. So students, if you're wondering, you know, oh, I should do animal science or biology because that's what most students get in with, not the case. Zoology is a great option. Get you exposed to a little bit different side of the animal sciences because it's still an animal science, but it's going to be different. So that's wonderful for them to hear. Okay. So after the bachelor's degree, what happens next? So after the bachelor's degree, um, and I guess I could also talk a little bit about, you know, some of my extracurricular things. That yeah, did. what did you do in college to prepare for vet school? Yeah, so I got a job as a technician at a veterinary hospital to gain some skills as far as general clinical skills that are really important as a veterinarian. Um, and also it does make your, I mean, if you have some kind of clinical experience, not only will it help you tremendously in veterinary school, but it also will help your application in general. Yeah. So, you kind of need it, especially to get that yeah. letter of recommendation from a vet too. Yeah, exactly. So I did that. I also worked, um, I tried to get as much broad experience as possible. So I worked in the laboratory for a little while. I had like lots of little odd jobs. Uh, I also worked at a cattle ranch for a little while. Oh, that sounds fun. Yeah, it was really fun. Uh, It was really fascinating. I I actually think that, you know, that was not something that was part of my background. My background was always small animal. And so um, I wanted to get a little bit of a large animal experience. And it was was extremely helpful, actually. Um, Going outside of my comfort zone, trying something different, and getting a different uh, feel for something entirely different different that was unfamiliar to me, uh, really going outside my comfort zone. So that I think that also was also just a good life experience mm-hmm. as well. I still reflect back on that time sometimes, oh, good. even when I'm talking to students. 
Now, when you applied and you got in, did you automatically know anesthesia was for you? When did that hit us that this is what we wanted to be? That's a good question. So anesthesia, I had taken anesthesia as a clinical rotation um, earlier in my uh, in my training, in my, I think in my junior year, because in, at the University of Florida, your clinical year is split between your junior and your senior year. It's not the case in a lot of other schools, but it is at Florida. So I had taken anesthesia as a clinical rotation in my junior year and I actually really liked it. Um, I just enjoy the rotation in general. I had a really good teacher. Um, and the other thing that I found with anesthesia is that it really clicked with me. I understood the concepts really, like, you know, I would be the person who was always raising my hand and answering the questions on the rotation. Not the case in other rotations, mm-hmm. but that was like the one that uh, everything made sense to me. And so, and I just enjoy the rotation in general. It's also a very hands-on rotation. So you were the person to do the anesthesia. You were intubating dogs and putting in catheters. And on a lot of the other rotations, you're just kind of like doing paperwork. Right. Um, and doing a lot of like mental activities, but not physical activities. Um, so I, it was a nice break as well to just be able to like, you know, you use your brain, but also, you know, your hands and you, you institute a lot of skills. So then I wound up taking it again as an elective. So it was my second to last rotation in veterinary school. And it was kind of the same thing all over again, right? Like I just felt like I was nailing kind of the concepts, um, understood everything really easily. I was always the person rounds to raise my hand. Everything was like, it just came so naturally to me. And uh, the, it was actually a teacher. It was a veterinary technician. We were doing a case together, and she just looked at me, and she said, like, do you know that you can specialize in anesthesia? And I was like, um, you know, I, like, what? <laughs> and I don't know why I didn't know that. I mean, obviously, there were anesthesiologists right. working there. But for some reason, it was like somebody just saying that to me really just – it completely blew my mind. And it was just like everything clicked. I was like, oh, my gosh, this is like I get anesthesia. I get some of the things I like from critical care. Uh, I get some of the mental cerebral activities that I like from medicine. It was like all the things that I kind of liked about different specialties kind of came together with anesthesia. And just somebody saying that to me, like, you can specialize in this. And knowing that I already kind of had an avenue, like I already had an internship program. So um, at that point, I was like, yes, this is what I'm going to do. Okay, so now, so let's talk about it. What is anesthesia? What is pain management? What do students need to know? Uh, I mean, go ahead. What is it? <laughs> yeah. So uh, it's like a huge, like, it's what huge. is anesthesia? Yeah. Okay, so anesthesia is uh, the use of different medications that we can give to animals that we can titrate in order for an animal to not feel pain and to be unconscious and to allow appropriate muscle relaxation so that uh, they can have different diagnostic and surgical procedures done on these on these animals um, without feeling pain. I always feel like a lot of math must be involved. There is a lot of math. Talk about why there's a lot of math involved. There's a lot of math because uh, kind of the two big arms of anesthesia in order to do it well is you have to be very... Uh, familiar with both pharmacology and you have to be very familiar with physiology. And so a lot of pharmacology is not only understanding how the drugs work, their mechanism of action. uh, You also have to like dose them appropriately Mm -hmm. because in some of these drugs, if you don't dose them appropriately, you can cause significant harm to an animal. 
And so one of the skills that our students, when they're on a rotation, have to practice a lot is calculating drug dosages. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of that. Right. So if you're listening and you love math and you love science and physiology and, you know, I don't want to say you love drugs, but if you're just interested (laughs) in calculations, this might be the perfect avenue for you. Yeah. So Dr. Gatson, when I think anesthesia, I think about Grey's Anatomy and ER and those medical shows. And I'm always picturing patients like waking up under anesthesia, you know, because something goes wrong. Um, are there any, of course, we're not going to talk about specific moments, but talk to me about how you would handle, how anesthesiologists handle pressure like that when they're realizing that they may be need to make some changes. Yeah, that's a good question. I think one aspect of being a good anesthesiologist is that you have to be able to handle extremely stressful situations and think with a clear head. Mm -hmm. Um, The way I describe anesthesia to a lot of people is that there's a lot of like boring nothingness happening for a long time. So if you did a good job, you know, deciding what drugs you needed to give this animal uh, and everything's going smoothly, you're handling everything great, Um, I mean, you basically just have to sit back and watch your work happen, right? Like the animal's doing its own thing. It's going great. So it's a lot of just sitting back and relaxing interspersed with like moments of pure adrenaline and like excitement. Yeah, I think I would like that. That sounds yeah. great to be able to go, go, go and then have a break. Yeah, yeah. Although it's it sucks when there's many exciting moments. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't like that part. Um, but, you know, you have to be able to handle acutely stressful situations because in anesthesia, these animals are already kind of pushed to the brink of – um, I call it just they're just close to death, but not quite there. Like we're hand, we're kind of keeping them in a state of unconsciousness. That's, yeah. But we can easily push them over the edge. Uh, and of course, animals that are very sick, they're so much easier to push over the edge. Mm. And so not only that, the drugs we're using, the equipment we're using, there's so many opportunities for mistakes to happen. Mm-hmm. And so we're always kind of just... Um, sitting right there on the edge with that patient. And so when something goes wrong, it's usually going wrong very quickly. Yeah, it sounds like potentially the anesthesiologist might be the most powerful person in that room because you're yes. controlling whether or not that patient, like you said, like is going over the edge or is just right on the yep. brink. Yep, yep, that's how I feel anyway. <laughs> that's intense, that's, that's cool. So what animals do we not like working with with anesthesia? So I think this is personal to every anesthesiologist. Okay. Um, For example, one of my residents hates anesthetizing goats. And that's actually one of my favorite animals to anesthetize. Why do they hate it? Why is it one of your favorites? So... (laughs) Like, again, I think it's very personal. First of all, I absolutely love goats. Okay. (laughs) I just think they're great little animals. And um, I find their anesthesia to be both challenging but also very rewarding a lot of time. And I think also for goats anyway, when we're anesthetizing them or putting them under general anesthesia, they're usually pretty sick or they have some kind of emergent procedure that we're doing. Yes, we're not just doing that. And I think I kind of, yeah. I think I alluded to this earlier in that – I just like really dig anesthesia for emergency things, mm-hmm. and so uh, and they and they have some very interesting challenges that I kind of enjoy. One of the challenges of anesthetizing goats is actually capturing an airway. Um, they're very hard to intubate, and I actually, I mean, I really like dealing with those types of emergencies. Um, so I, I actually really enjoy anesthetizing them, and. Uh, the, the animal I hate anesthetizing, um, honestly, is I don't like doing, like, llamas. 
Okay. I don't like working on llamas. Why? Uh, so again, I said it's very personal. Um, I have one of my one of our anesthesia technicians like loves llamas. I generally don't love llamas. I mean, they're fine, I guess. <laughs> but I, uh, so first of all, um, they're flighty, so they have some of the same um, things that that make working with horses very challenging. Um, and also, they're very they're they're large. They're larger animals, and they spit. Yeah, right. <laughs> and it's like without warning, they just spit on you, and it's the nastiest spit possible. It's like mucusy. Okay, so it it's smells. not just necessarily anesthetizing <laughs> llamas. It's just like llamas in general. We're just yeah, not into them. I'm not into them. Yeah. I mean, I I mean, like again, I love animals. They're fine. Yeah, I'm, they they they're they're fine. But like, I just they're not my favorite. Yes. And then anesthetizing them is is uh, is challenging in general. Okay. Um, they have kind of the parts of, of anesthetizing goats that are very challenging, and then also the parts of horses that are challenging. They just have like all the parts that are challenging about anesthetizing other animals, just like together in one animal. Uh, that seems like a mess. And then yeah, and then the other thing is we call them obligate nasal breathers, which means that they can't really breathe out of their mouth very well. Mm. It's just they're very awkward animals to yeah. anesthetize. And then they have that big, long neck, <laughs> which makes it really hard to put uh, – to get venous access. They're really hard to get venous access in. And also, uh, because they have that big, long neck, it creates some challenges also with um, ventilating them appropriately, providing appropriate oxygenation. Um, we struggle with that as well because we don't have a tube that's, like, long enough for them. What has been the most unique or fun anesthesia experience that you've had? I have to think about that for a second because I have so many. Um, I think anytime I get the opportunity to work on some kind of an exotic animal that's really exciting, I remember now it's kind of, we, I've done so many now that it's second nature, but I remember the first time I, I got to anesthetize a tiger was really special to mm-hmm. me. Um, and intubating the tiger was <laughs> really intimidating. Um, because, you know, you anesthetize the tiger, we pull it out, and then we have to capture an airway. So you just open up this animal's mouth, and it's terrifying in yes. there. I mean, the t- the canines are, I mean, ridiculous. <laughs> They're yeah, so large. No mistakes in that moment. Yeah, and then, you know, you basically have to put your hands in the cat's mouth in order to, to intubate them. And you're like, man, I, I really hope that this goes well. <laughs> right. Well, what a cool experience. Yeah, and recovery is also really fascinating as well. Um I've anesthetized some really interesting birds as well. I find birds to be really challenging. Um, they have a lot of unique physiological uh, adaptations to flight, and that makes them, again, uh, something that we have to consider when we anesthetize them. Probably the most challenging bird I ever anesthetized is something called a cassowary. I don't know if anybody's heard of that. Oh, I've heard of it, but I don't remember what they look like. Oh, they're awful. They look like dinosaurs. <laughs> It's like they look like velociraptors, I imagine. Cool. Without the teeth. Yeah. Um, and also, they're very angry birds. Oh. They're very angry, yeah. Have you ever been, like, snapped at when you're trying to do some anesthesia? or? Any- I hope not. <laughs> if okay. I did a bad job at my at my job, I probably would get snapped at. Um, be, but uh, cassowary was just really interesting. Um, in general, it's a very large bird. It's, like, the size of an emu, basically. Oh. Yeah, they're large birds. That's intimidating. Yeah. And they have these big, humongous claws that can, like, rip rip your face to shreds. How do you even restrain that to, make, to do we what don't. you have to do? Okay. We don't. We dart them from a distance. Oh, cool. Yeah. Is it, a, like, a gun dart or with your mouth? 
either one will work depending on how close you can get to the animal. Um, we try, if we're going to dart animals, to use the, the blowpipe because um, the amount of, <clears throat> excuse me, the amount of pressure they have to generate is lower than a dart gun. And so it creates less damage to the animal when the, when the dart actually enters into the muscle. But uh, the, the guns we have to use when we have to be kind of far away from an animal. But we darted it and uh, jumped in and did our procedure. The interesting part was recovering this thing um, because they have very violent recoveries. Uh, so you just, you know, you have to be there for the animal to make sure that it's safe when it's waking up from anesthesia. But you also, like, you don't want to get injured. Sure. So it was an interesting experience for sure. Everyone made it out alive, including the cassowary. Wow. Yeah. You, know, you think about anesthesia and you think about these animals resting peacefully, but it takes some hard work to get them to that moment. Sure does. So Dr. Gatson, what do our students need to hear from you regarding veterinary medicine, anesthesiology? What do you want them to know from your perspective? I think uh, what I always try to tell students, because this is a very personal experience for me from kind of like how I got to where I was, is just always be open-minded all, at all times throughout your entire um, anesthesia training. And the other thing I want them to take away from this is that um, always be curious and never stop learning, not only about veterinary medicine, but about everything. I think as a veterinarian, uh, even when you finish veterinary school, um, even though I think when you're when I was a student, I thought like, oh, when I'm done with vet school, I'm going to be like, I'm going to know everything about veterinary medicine. I'm going to be like, I'm just going to, they're going to, I'm going to go into this program and they're going to teach me everything and I'm going to come out and be an amazing veterinarian. And you learn very quickly that although, I mean, you learn a lot in veterinary school, but there's still so much to know when you leave veterinary school. And I think that, that students graduating sometimes feel unconfident because of that. Like they're scared and that's okay. Everybody's experiencing that. But you, if you're just curious and open-minded and always willing to learn, um, you can have an extremely fulfilling career. And an extremely fulfilling life. Yes. For sure. Yeah. Well, I want to thank Dr. Gadsden for being here today and talking to us about some of her unique experiences and adventures with anesthesia. Your homework is to look up a cassowary and how intense they are and find out if maybe that would be your favorite animal to put under anesthesia when you become an anesthesiologist. I'm Alex Avellino, and we'll talk to you soon.